Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to a Hall of Fame edition of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Greg is back from Cooperstown. Greg, say hello. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. It's been actually pretty active this offseason. Remember when we were, like, at the end of the offseason, like, should we even do this podcast anymore? Will the Rangers do anything? <laughs> yeah, and I, I just thought it was funny that after the Cryer news came out, I was like, oh, it'd be really great if the Rangers just didn't do anything else the rest of this week because I'm not going to be anywhere near anything to help you update stuff and then literally as i get off the plane <laughs> as you in new york city much. they're like hey by the way we signed kevin hayes yeah uh they signed him to a bridge deal so let's talk about those deals real quick now sure. personally as you know i am i'm a crider of the storm we are we are good friends i own his jersey i'm a big crider fan as our as some of our listeners may know you may not as be as much into him as a player maybe some more of your famous rants have been about him uh i'm a huge fan of this extension uh, four more years of Kreider. If he doesn't pan out, it's not like they couldn't trade him. He's still kind of young, and the, the, the deal's fair. It's four years, 4.65, ends up being 18 million there. That's, the, that's how math works. And hmm. at, at the end of at the end of the day, he's been kind of a consistent player for the Rangers, and he is going to be a, hopefully our force going forward, and he can learn to crash the net a little bit better than he does now. I was watching all 21 of his goals. Someone posted that on Reddit, and all of his goals seem to come when he's standing in front of the net. Uh I don't know why we just don't do that more. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, after the Broussard trade, I told you I thought the Rangers, I thought that was a sign that the Rangers were going to keep Kreider. And you did say that to, to be, your credit. To be fair, all my frustrations and rants with Kreider have been about because I've just thought he could be more than he has shown. Well, like, that's I, all I of us, though, Greg. You know, all I of us personally expect him to take a leap, and it was getting to a point where. I didn't know if he was going to be able to take a leap, and I'm still not positive he's able to take a leap with the Rangers. But I've I've been out there saying that it is a surprisingly, stunningly good contract for the Rangers. It's market value, and I didn't expect Kreider to take market value. Everything that I've been seeing um, before the extension was announced was that Kreider was actually going to want more than the 4.625, well, the 4.75, that he has for an arbitration if you wanted him to sign a long-term deal. And to get him to come down from his number and for the Rangers to avoid having to pay him $5 million annually when I don't think he's shown to be that kind of player, he can absolutely grow to be that kind of player. And this is a good – we should also think that this is a good contract for Kreider. It allows him to be a free agent after his age 28 season. So there's motivation for him to continue to grow his career – take the next step, become a more dynamic player for the Rangers, and then cash in big in four years. He, he's he got he, – if he's not going to do it now, I don't know when he's going to do it. But this, this contract, ha- this as you said – He's hitting the problem. Uh, this, con- this contract doesn't prohibit the Rangers from doing other things. It's not cumbersome. It doesn't uh, tie them down to one player. And if Kreider struggles a little bit next year, this isn't an untradeable contract. I think someone would still buy into his – abilities at 4.625 even if he has a down year next year totally agree uh on a side note now that i've got my cridergasm out of the way because i'm very happy he'll be on this team and i'm sorry for everyone that liked brassard we all like brassard it sucks to see yeah. your favorite player get traded and have him go away from your team obviously i'll still root for that guy i still root for talbot uh, except when he's playing against us but <laughs> it's just it's just something that has to be done you know for the future of the rangers i don't root for talbot you don't no. Why not? Mostly out of spite for our friend Alex Hurd. Yeah, like, well, I just... our, our friend Alex, our friend, our dear friend Alex was a very big Ranger fan the, the one year Talbot was big <laughs> and stopped yep. watching the Rangers. Yeah. Um, 
And he won't but listen. No, I mean, Kreider's part of... So Kreider's part of the old core that Gorton originally said that he might have to shake up, but he's very young. He can easily be part of the new core, which the Rangers, I believe, are trying to build with Mika, Kreider, Pavel. Um, so it'll be it'll just be interesting to see what the Rangers' next move is because you and I sat here last week after the Broussard trade. We are like, okay, that's Domino 1. Dominoes 2 and 3 were seeing what the Rangers would do with Kreider and Hayes. We've crossed those bridges now. Right. Uh, the Kreider deal is incredible. Uh, just to put a bow on that one, I like it. He, I've been his harshest critic on this show. Uh, I will you might be his harshest critic, like, period. You were killing yeah, the guy. Like, you know what? It's it's because I think he can be more and better. Than I, just what want, I just want the best for him, Greg. Like, when I really look at him, I just, I just want the best for him. Like, I'm a loving father I, of his. I want the same. I just, you you know, you're good cop, I'm bad cop in this instance. That's most instances. Uh, is it? So what? I don't know. What about that Shattenkirk trade that's not happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry what's, Brooks. What's up, Larry? What's not happening? But the funny thing is, like, so first Shattenkirk gets brought up in Rick Nash discussion. So we're all like, ah, we could trade Nash, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. the Rangers trade Broussard, and we're like, well, maybe Kreider can be the piece for Shattenkirk. And then it's it seems like immediately after people said. Kreider, and then he signed his extension. They immediately shifted to, well, we could trade Kevin Hayes in a package yeah. for Shattenkirk. Yeah, I'm lo- and then the I'm Rangers sure the go out there and that. like, no, we're not trading Hayes either. Shut up, you dummies. I'm not sure the Rangers are going to make any other moves this offseason. I kind of feel oh, like I think, I think they will. I just don't think uh, Shattenkirk's going to be one of them. I kind of feel like it's 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 downtime for them. I don't know. I think mm-hmm. they're going to keep Rick Nash. I think they're going to be very active at the trade deadline this season. That's where I'm, I'm leaning now. I think it's over. I, I think they're going to go into the season with this team. I don't. I don't. I, I disagree. I think they have at least one more trade to make. I don't. I'm not saying it's going to involve Rick Nash, but uh, um, this is a team with defensive issues uh, that we and every Ranger fan has long talked about. But even even if the Rangers have a hard time bringing in an upgrade to their defensive unit. Right now, as it stands, they have a defenseman too many, and I think they're at a point where they want McElrath to get more playing time, and by the numbers, he's probably, once again, that seventh defenseman. Uh, And I think the Rangers would very much like to change that. So I think they need to make at least one more move just to ease off on the logjam that is their poorly constructed blue line. And I, I still truly believe that they want to bring in another defenseman of quality oh, that they can I, play I, back I to. totally believe that they want to do that. I just, I've seen defenseman value this offseason and let me tell you, it's pretty hefty. It yeah, is. it's it's not going to be easy to get a defenseman, but I think the Rangers are going to keep going down as many avenues as possible. I think they're going to go as many wild cards as they can. Find anything that anything off the scrap heap and take it in. I think that's why they have a logjam now. Uh, no, they have a logjam now because they're paying Mark Stahl and Jan, Dan Girardi too much money. What are you talking about? They, no way. The heroes? The heroes of this team? The heart and soul? Because right now um, we have McDonough, Klein, Shea, mm-hmm. McElrath, Girardi, Stahl, and Holden. And those are seven guys I think there are at least five guys in that seven the Rangers want to play all the time. But then the other two, Stahl and Girardi, I feel like the Rangers are going to be, they're going to feel an obligation to play them because they're paying them so much money. They're definitely going to play them. 
like I don't think Dan Girardi is going to be the healthy scratch 20 times next year. Yeah, right? but he should be, Greg. I know we talk about this every week. I, I don't yeah. know how, I don't know how many times we can, you and I could talk about this this no, Dan Girardi nonsense. This is but. exactly this is exactly why I think the Rangers have another move. And I don't know per se if Stahl or Girardi will be one of those moves. I still think Stahl will be traded around the deadline if he's able to prove that he's got any sort of value left in his legs. And I think you're just kind of stuck with Girardi until you're able to buy him out next offseason. But uh, I think the Rangers know that they need to make another move. And they have the flexibility to do so. They got we, – we were saying before the, we recorded, the Rangers have about somewhere between three and three and a half million left in cap space, which yeah. is a fairly significant number in the NHL. It means the Rangers can take on salary if need be. Um, which they might. I, well, I think that's one of the things the Rangers can do. That's one of the few luxuries the Rangers have. If someone wants to trade what they may see as an overpriced player, the Rangers can absorb some cash, which is in and of itself valuable. But uh, we, we, you know, we kind of gone off our path here a little bit. We can gripe about the defense as much as we will continue to gripe about the defense, probably are, are you, on a weekly basis. Are you trying to say we have the rest of the summer before hockey starts to gripe about this defense? I'm saying we have like 12 months to oh, gripe about this Jesus. defense because... Jeezy crazy, Greg. Yeah, but let, let's go back to the signings. Let's talk Kevin Hayes. All right, let's talk Kevin Hayes. This is a nice little bridge deal at 2.6 per year. I just, the price is right line. <laughs> this little nice, this nice Kevin Hayes here at 2.6 per year. Um, yeah, it, it's a good deal. He needs to prove something right so him and jt miller have basically signed identical deals because when you think about it to this point they've really had identical careers it's just the years have been flip-flopped right so hayes's rookie year we thought he was this breakout star and there are more things to come and then he suffered a sophomore slump jt miller's rookie year two years ago we were skittish about what he could be he wasn't really showing us a whole lot he had really brief flashes but nothing sustainable throughout a whole season and then last year we saw him break out a little bit and take that step so for those two-year windows Hayes and Miller they've combined to show flashes in one year and struggle the other year so they got very similar deals again I don't think Kevin Hayes warranted a longer term deal not at this time we don't really know what he's going to be so I'm I'm happy with both deals. I I'm think happy with it. It's, if anything, if anything, I think the Hayes number was a little higher than I was. I was expecting. just about to say you you beat me to it. I think it was a little higher. I expected maybe two point three. I told you, or maybe yeah. like two point one. But uh, this is fine. I mean, pay the man. He earned it, sort of. Not last he, year. He's a former first round pick that has had a good NHL season under his belt, and it seems like the Rangers are going to give him more of a chance next year because someone has to step up and replace Broussard. I don't think the Rangers are going to make a move for a top-line well, center they or want even Z-Bad a second-line center. They want Mika Zibad to take Broussard's spot, and he could. He could, and but I, I think there's onus on Kevin Hayes. The Rangers are giving him an opportunity to step up and prove what he can be, and he's going to get his shot this year. I think I would expect him to start as the third-line center, but I think he's going to get every opportunity to try and uh, get a top-six position and. The Rangers would love him to grab that opportunity because they're, that would be a good problem to have. You know you know what I really like about this offseason? I know we haven't really made too many moves, but you can kind of quietly read between the lines that, that the front office is really trying to get younger. 
They really look into like kind of squeeze out of the veteran presence. They know that the oldest team in the league. I know Dan Boyle just retired, which like drops our medium age by like five or six years. But you could you can look through the cracks of like they, they traded for Zebad, they got rid of Brassard, they're gonna bring in Shea and Pavel on this on this team. We're getting we're dropping the age of this team a lot, and that's what this team needs to do. We need to get young and our, our cycle and window is over, and we're still gonna be competitive as long as Hank is Hank. Like he's he could accidentally get us to the playoffs. It's it's not you know, it's a joke right. for him. But unfortunately, part of getting younger is also replenishing your farm system. We haven't seen the Rangers do that. Um, and I I think I've said it on here, but I've definitely said it on social media in various places. If the Rangers don't do anything else this offseason, which they've signed Kreider to a very nice extension. They got Hazen on a bridge deal. They settled with McElrath. They have brought in Zbad. This is still, I, I, I would classify it somewhere in that C range. Of an offseason. And I like all three moves that the Rangers have made. I love all those moves the Rangers have made. I even like bringing in Grabner. I like the depth signings oh, I, of Drew and Grabner's Gerby. an incredible signing. I, I, yeah, I, but the, yeah, you know, the biggest hole the Rangers had was on the D. and But you saw what the, the Devils traded Larson for Taylor Hall. I know. and That's fucking crazy. I, you know, <laughs> that's also the Oilers possibly just not being that smart. Like, it. I'm yet to find one person defend that trade from the Oilers' standpoint. Just like I'm yet to find one person to to defend the uh, Subban trade from the Canadian side. Oh, that trade will go down in history as one of the dumbest trades of all time. Yeah, I'm not saying the Rangers need to bring in a top-line defenseman, but they need something else there. And they need – they honestly – I. there is no way for them to get rid of Stahl or Girardi at this point. Stahl and Girardi need to play – to prove that they have value. Stahl's going to play this year. You're not even going to get 10 cents on the dollar at this point in time. You're, you're not going to get anything. And it just doesn't make any sense for a team to trade for one of those two players. But you can't just hope things will naturally get better along the D-lines. So I still think the Rangers have one or at least one, maybe only two moves uh, left to make. And I think they're going to make another move that is worthy of a podcast. I mean, we're going to podcast every week anyway. I don't really matter. Yeah, I don't know that. what you're talking about. We're going to be here every every Tuesday morning. So, <laughs> or Monday night, whatever. Or, or Whenever Monday. you decide to listen, because this does go up on Mondays. I do post it up Monday night, but we, we say to the people Tuesday morning, because I don't really post any social media or do anything until Tuesday morning. And is, is that because I'm lazy, Greg? Uh, let's let's not debate that now. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I just like to say that I am literally, I have not even stepped foot in my house yet since I got off the airplane. I know. I came right here. So let's talk a little bit about your weekend since we're, we're transitioning very nicely into this. Yeah. So I went up, as I said last week, I went up to Cooperstown with my dad and uh, my version of L.I. Joe, my childhood friend, Ted <laughs> Youngling. Uh, he and I go way back. Literally, he and I, he was the guy that I went to Met games with. Like, I wouldn't really need to ask Ted if we were going to a Met game. It was the question I would back then. We actually had to call each other because we didn't have text messaging yet. Back in the but, day when we were friends, when we we're seven yeah. years old, uh, it would it would the I, question. I don't know why I got driving, there. The question would be who's driving, not right. are we going? Okay. Um, and so you just, know, just to clarify for everyone, you just went to Cooperstown for Hall of Fame weekend. Correct. The actual induction weekend. Um, now, did you go for Mike, any particular reason? Well, you know, I am a Met fan. What? And no, tell the truth. 
Mike Piazza was not my first favorite Met. In fact, Mike Piazza replaced my first favorite Met, which was, was Todd Hunley. Oh, okay. Mean, uh, I was never going to guess that. <laughs> Todd Hunley was my boy okay. growing up. Uh, and if you want to go even further back, if you want to, like, apparently when I was three, I had an infatuation with Eddie Murray. Um, my dad reminds me about it all the time, but I don't know why I liked Eddie Murray. I can't remember a single game Eddie Murray played for the Mets, but I'm told he was technically my first favorite Met. But, like, okay. Todd Hunley used to use a red bat, so I bought a red bat to play baseball with. Todd Hunley was the man. These childhood uh, dreams are really hitting me hard right now. Uh, you, well, you know. You should have grown up with a dad. Then oh, you'd my have God. These shots fired on this podcast. Okay. All right. Uh, but, no, Piazza, you can't be a Met fan of our age, which is I'm now 27. Like, the 25 to 35-year-old generation of Met fans cannot be one without having an enduring love of Mike Piazza. So you that went up to see, like, see the Mike, which is what his nickname is on his plaque, Mike um, like, do you agree with that nickname for his Hall of Fame black? Well, I mean, like if if I, I he was a man that didn't need a nickname. I have, an equi- I have a question, actually. I, you were just the Hall of Fame. Does everyone yeah. have a nickname on their plaque? Uh, some do. I discovered my favorite Hall of Famer of all time this weekend. Oh, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about Cum. <laughs> Cumberland William Posey Jr., better known by his friends as Cum. As Cum, uh, yes. He is forever my favorite Hall of Famer. But like, he, did, do you think they came to Mike Piazza and they were like, "All right, Mike, hear me out. We're gonna well, <laughs> well, no. What they do is they put your they they put like your birth certificate name on the plaque. That's so fine. It says but, Michael Joseph Piazza, and then underneath it, you put what he's better known as. And Mike. In his instance, it was Mike. So that guy's name was Cum, and that guy's name Mike Piazza's name is Mike. Very good. Yeah, but like, so Ken Griffey Jr. also got inducted this weekend, which made it cool. Like, I don't know if I would have gone up. If it was just Griffey by himself, probably not. Probably not. Uh, but I went up for Mike, and it was like a pilgrimage. It was awesome. Quick question. Was Griff- uh, Griffey's nickname the kid? Well, so his his actual name is George Kenneth Griffey Jr. Oh. So in his nickname, it said, a.k.a. Ken, a.k.a. Uh, Junior, a.k.a. the kid. A.k.a. Mother of Dragons, a.k.a. Break of Chains, a.k.a. Yeah. But, like, he had, he had three names under his normal name, whereas... Yeah. I mean, nobody called Mike anything beyond Mike. Like, he was Mike. That's it. That was his name. Hey, it's Mike, New York Mike. Uh, But I will say this. uh, Before we get into the nighttime festivities of Cooperstown, that surprised me. Um, If you are a diehard Yankee fan and you have not been to an induction weekend for any reason, I would make it a priority to go for Jeter and or Rivera. Because it's a special weekend and it's a lot of fun, like on Saturday. Uh, all the returning living Hall of Famers that are back in town get ushered down Main Street in a parade, and they each get their own truck. That, and it's literally 40,000 people lining a street that has only one traffic light going towards the Hall of Fame. Wow. And it's just really cool to see all that history, like, confront you at one time. Like, uh it was just fun to see, like, Whitey Ford, I think, is, like, the oldest living Hall of Famer, and he was there. Um, and it's just funny to see how, like, the Hall of Famers themselves interact in that scenario. Like, Pedro was going nuts, which was great. Uh, it was it was really fun to see well, Pedro Pe- again. Pedro, you know, is a fiery guy. Yeah, but, like, uh, Ro- Robin Yount uh, looks like he could front a Led Zeppelin cover band right now. Like, he looks... <laughs> 
he looks like a 50 year old playboy that could still get it on the reg if he really wanted to. He probably still uh, is. Let's be honest. I hey, more hey, power to him. Get it in. Uh, Frank Thomas is one of the most massive human beings I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's just funny because so you have all the Hall of Famers there, and then there are also just like other guys that happen to play Major League Baseball that come up just to sign autographs. Um, like if you're talking Mets, Lenny Dykstra. Jesse Orozco and Howard Johnson were three guys wow. uh, that were hanging out on Main Street all day. Um, Eric Davis, who was a big player on the Reds in the 80s. We're going to get more on Eric Davis a little later on. <laughs> um, right. Might be a little bit too much. Um, there, It's just it's such like an interesting group of people that came up. And it's just really fun. Like Mike Piazza meant a lot to me growing up as a Met fan. Like he was the first great Met to ever really put on the jersey for me. Like, Edgardo Alfonso is a cult hero and Met fans love him, but Mike Piazza is, like, universally known as an all-time great New York Met. Yeah, he is. And it, that was just special. Like, being up there for that parade, seeing Piazza go by on the truck, and then being there for the induction speeches, um, it's just a lot of fun. And you're around a whole lot of other Met fans. To be fair, and let me say I this, got, I got the Jeter and Mariana Rivera... Hall of Fame weekends are going to be nuts. They're going to be nuts. Uh, I, I don't, that, how, how is that town even going to live through that? Well, so the record for any given weekend, they had 80,000 people come up when Ripken and Tony Gwynn were inducted. That makes sense. Um, and they estimated this weekend somewhere between 45 and 50. I don't know where the extra 30,000 people would have stayed. And I'd imagine... I think I think uh, Jeter more than Mo will definitely come close to beating that eighty thousand number. I think the, it, G- I think the it, Jeter weekend will be will be that. It's in New York. Well, I think down, it'll depend. I think it'll depend who he gets inducted with, um, because I just I don't know if New Yorkers will really want to make that drive. Uh, like a, there are a lot of Met fans there, but there are also a lot of Mariner fans there that made the trip for Griffey, which yeah, yeah, surprised yeah. me. I honestly like I expected. A good showing of Griffey supporters just because, like, so Mike Piazza is a generational talent for our age of Met fans, but Ken Griffey Jr. was the guy when we were little. Like, he was the guy everyone wanted to be. He made turning your hat around cool. His left-handed swing was just the sweetest swing I think I've ever seen. He was was the guy. He was the star. Like, we all wanted to be Griffey. Um, He made playing baseball cool. So it was really fun that not only did I get to see my childhood hero, Mike Piazza, get inducted, but to be there for Griffey to go in at the same time really made it a cool experience. And just as a baseball fan, again, cannot recommend doing it enough, but uh, if you're going to do it and you don't have, like, family friends in Cooperstown like I was just fortunate to have, it's difficult. Like, you might have to camp. That's what a lot of people did. People were They camping? were out there just – Yeah, no, they, they brought crazy. tents, dude. They, they, they just went to the campgrounds and set up shop. Um, but a lot of fun. But yeah, the the most unexpected part of the night. So after the parade on Saturday, which started around six, which ended probably around seven thirty, uh, just because they had a truck, a lot of Hall of Famers down Main Street. It was amazing how quickly the majority of the town emptied. Like my buddy Ted and I just wanted to start drinking, so yeah, we went to as you do at at Hall of Fame weekend as one as one would. Well, right. what else are you gonna do in Cooperstown? Like the the options were like. Go out drinking or go to bed. Like it, it's not like I had a ton of options, um, but we just we just went out and 
from 7.30 to 3 a.m. just got bombed. And <laughs> No, no, tell me what really happened. <laughs> well, there are really only two bars in Cooper's. Well, three. It's the, and we went to all three. The first one we went to was this place called uh, the Pioneer Patio. Great burgers. Can't recommend it enough. And we just literally sat around there, hung out, drank some beers, ate some food. Uh, just to kill some time until it got a little later. And then we literally went across the street to this place called Coolies, which Coolies. is the local bar. And, you know, it's a hole in the wall. It's what you would really expect for a place like Cooperstown right. where so, so 11 skip, months skip out of the, the year where you, there's no you one there. hang out with all these Hall of Famers and they tell you to come to their house and all that stuff. Well, hold on. Okay. We, we didn't hang out with any Hall of Famers. Okay, okay. After Coolies, and we're uh, completely uh, three sheets to the wind at this point, we got served a shot of water. At some point, that's incredible. Uh, we couldn't like we thought it was a test. <laughs> we were we were curious as to what happened. First, we were like, "Wait, did we order shots?" So we did like the curious. We'll take a sniff of what this is, and it didn't produce an odor. So we're like, "Is this water?" And then, <laughs> and then like we took a baby sip, and Ted and I are just like, "This is water." And then like there was the moment of just utter confusion that we're like, "If do we look like pussies if we don't just take this shot of water?" Like, do we want other people to think this is vodka? And we were we were drunk enough where we decided, yeah, we absolutely want people to think we're this drunk enough. And we just did the shot yeah, as if to. it was nothing because it was nothing. Uh, and it just it confused the ever-loving anything I've out of me. I've never heard of that anywhere until you brought that up to me. Ever. Ever. And then around 1230, we're just like, this was the point in the night where we were just like, eh, it's probably time we go back. Don't really want to wake up my dad and his friend that we're staying with. That's a bad look. So we just, we duck in. To this place right across the street from Coolies again. Uh, we walk in, and the first person I see is former Cincinnati Reds outfitter Eric Davis. Just cigar in his mouth, hanging out, chilling. Next to him, Lou Pinella. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? That's and then, like, coming up behind us was Cliff Floyd, and chilling at the bar was MLB Network host Greg Amsinger. And this bar is not crowded with people. There might have been 25, 30 of us in the bar, and four of them were Lou Pinella, Eric Davis, Cliff Floyd, and Graham Singer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, we were both drunk enough where we're like, well, we're absolutely offering these guys drinks. Uh, first person, like, you, I literally ran into Eric Davis, so he was the first person I talked to, but I didn't really talk to him too much until later on in the night. Uh, we went around to the other side of the bar, Cliff Floyd, Another former Met great. So I had to say what up to him. And the funny part with Cliff was I'm up there. I'm trying to think to myself, like, what does one say to Cliff Floyd when he's bombed to try and <laughs> I'm bombed. I don't know what Cliff is. I might have been drunk enough for the both of us. Right. Cliff was uh, fine. He was like, who is this kid? Who's yeah, this he's kid? like, who's this fucking loud mouth little kid? <laughs> um, but I go out to him. I go, Cliff, uh, big fan. Loved you on the Mets. In 2005, dude, I don't understand why people kept running on you you just had so many outfield assists dude lit up like a fucking firework he's like fucking right man why'd they keep running i had like 18 <laughs> outfield assists i was like dude i don't know they kept challenging you you kept answering it and it was so funny like cliff and i went down this road for like five minutes probably but my buddy ted tried to intervene and he goes yeah cliff and you caught that final out in 2006 and cliff just goes boy we're talking 05 over here and i'm like <laughs> this is hilarious that's an incredible moment uh yeah, dude, Cliff was very proud of his 2005 Mets season. And uh, honestly, I, though, Greg, and let me be straight with you. How many people know about outfield assists in general, and then you told that to him? I, I Son, I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
but that was my opening line. He also hit 30 homers that year. He was an all-star that year. He was pumped that I was all in on 2005. He's like, yeah, everyone comes up to me. They want to talk about that uh, team that almost went to the World Series in 06. You might be the one person that comes up and just wants to talk 2005. And I go, sir, I am drunk. <laughs> uh, a best way and to then, say uh, it. And then we made our way to Greg Amsinger next. Amsinger's a really chill guy. He gave us a lot of time just to, like, stand there and talk with him. Uh, I don't know if that's because everyone else was infatuated that Lou Pinella and Cliff Lloyd were also at the bar and that Amsinger was just happy that Ted and I recognized First of all, Ted recognized him. All the credit to Ted. I had no idea who he was. I'd seen him before, but, like, I'll be honest, I don't watch much of the MLB Network, so I'd never really – I've seen the face but not the name. Um, and, you know – just lucked out. His name was actually Greg. That was an easy one to remember. Nailed that Hard one. to forget. Nailed it. Um, yeah, he just—he's just—he was just a good dude, just chilling there with his wife, talking about just like broadcasting and how it was a long road for him to get into it. He mentioned that like ESPN made a run at him, and he's just like, wasn't feeling it. Happy at MLB Network. Glad have a, have a lot of work. respect for people that turn down ESPN. They love their talent yeah. there. Yeah, so he. By he the way, ESPN, if you want to hire me, call me up. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good dude, and then, uh, and then it's just like that last Roman Coke really hit me, like right after that I was, was done it. talking with Greg Amsinger, and it hit me right as I was talking with Eric Davis. Like I walk up to Eric Davis, I didn't have like an outfield assist line with him, yeah. um, but the one thing I always remember about Eric Davis was that he got into a brawl with the '86 Mets, uh, with their third baseman at the time, Ray Knight. And I just go up to Eric. I go, hey, Eric. He's like, yeah, man. I was like, that Ray Knight sure is an asshole, huh? (laughs) And he's like, man. And then I I can't recall a damn thing Eric Davis and I were talking about. That's fine. So it sounds like you had had a really incredible weekend. Incredible weekend. And then Lou Piniella, there weren't very many girls in the bar. They went home with Lou Piniella. Respect that. man. Uh, so we both listened to the BS report or the Bill Simmons podcast, right? Formerly known. You know, uh, whenever Michael Rappaport comes on, he talks about some of the all-time great stickmen. Yeah, you think Lou Pinella's on the stickmen list? I think Lou, Lou Pinella might be my all-time greatest stickman that I've ever witnessed Oof. in my life. Oof. He gave, him uh, the, he gave him the Lou look. That was it. That I don't think Lou – see, I didn't get to talk to Lou. Lou was just literally a man sitting in the corner letting people come up to him, and I was just like, I don't need to do that. But I just remember when Lou left, so did the girls. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I think it's time to go home, Ted. Uh, and that's where uh, maybe the all-time drunkest picture of my life was taken with Eric Davis. I, I have – well, I, you know what? We, we can po- – I'll allow us to post it oh, in the man, Facebook that, that group. Is a, that's a good one, Greg. I, uh, <laughs> I honestly don't know how I made that face. Like I can't <laughs> explain to you. If someone – before we post it, like, and you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to, like, mentally picture it, it's literally the emoji face where the eyes, they're not, like, showing any emotion, but the mouth's open. It's and it's just, t- like, it's nothing tough, but man. teeth. It, dude, uh, I, I, I wish I could tell you. We, at the end of the night, found out, between the two of us, uh, we dropped about $250 at three bars just you're, on beverages. That's crazy i can't even fathom like how you would do that it's i couldn't fathom it either the first you got a water shot greg you got a water shot the water shot might have been well yeah the water shot might have been expensive and i'm starting to have like have a little bit of a panic attack i really don't think i left the tip 
at the first bar where our oh. tab was a hundred dollars. Oh no! And I feel terrible about it. Like I almost want to go back there and be like, "I'm so sorry. I was drunk here. I forgot to leave a tip." I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's the worst thing you could do. Always tip your uh, your servers. I always tip well, and I I believe I, you. Like, I can't I can't tell you if I did or didn't. Like I'm just I'm nervous that I didn't because I can't remember if I did. Oh, welcome to the uh -huh. Thunder edition of Blue Shirts Breakaway, where we have a thunderstorm outside, and I think we also yeah. have a drum circle. Things are weird here. Speaking of weird and drums. We're walking, so there's nowhere to drive in Cooperstown to go to the actual uh, ceremony just, just, on Sunday. Just, just so I want to clear this up. So you're listening to a New York Rangers podcast called Bullshit Breakaway. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we're walking to the Baseball Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Saturday. Um, and we're walking down. My parents actually used to live in Cooperstown. It's just funny. Like, the street that leads to the ceremony was the street we lived on. Oh, okay. And one of our old neighbors, uh, everybody that doesn't go to the ceremony that lives on that street, do the smartest thing, which is they just sell water and like snacks and soda and they probably make bank doing it like Absolutely. they probably spent fifty dollars on bottles of water and made 300 just from people tired hot in the sun buying water on their way back from the ceremony entrepreneurs uh but one of them did the brazen thing of next to their water cooler stand they had a drum kit for sale a full a, drum kit of uh a full-on drum kit and we're just like are you playing music in there? And no, it had a for sale sign on it. And I just remember standing there for like a solid two minutes like, huh, wonder how that's going to go. I wonder if that actually got sold. We should, we should Doubt it. It was, it was still there when we were walking uh, back okay. from the ceremony. So unless someone bought it after the ceremony, uh, I don't think anyone bought it. Because so who, would, who would buy, like of all the things you could get in Cooperstown, why would you buy a drum set? I, I have no idea. I think I, when I went to Cooperstown, I bought a Yankees and Met chess kit. Yeah, that's, yeah, I that's normal. That's I, I didn't. I, I'll be honest. I didn't buy a single souvenir just because. Uh, you bought the good times and the good memories, my friend. I bought enough beer and the stories with the beer. Like I, I had two hundred and fifty dollars worth of weekend for sure. Oh, you got your money's worth. Um, yeah, but again, just to put a bow on all of it, even without the drunkenly meeting former baseball player aspects of the weekend, cannot recommend it enough. If you. Had, if you were a Yankee fan of our age, grew up loving Derek Jeter and had sincere appreciation for his career, you should go to his induction ceremony because you will be blown away by the festivities they put on and all the people that are there. And it's just a fun environment. Like, no one was angry. The only, like, somewhat argument I got in um, was, again, post-beer drinking hours before we met uh, my best friend Eric Davis and Cliff Floyd. Um we're at a bar. We're just, we're just, Ted and I are just doing whatever we're doing. And a Philly fan comes up and sits down next to us. Um, we don't know he's a Philly fan. And he's like, oh, you guys up here for Mike? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know we met fans. He's like, ah, oh, that sucks. I'm a Philly fan. Uh, and then, you know, I just kick into, oh, okay, time to be an asshole to you. Um, I don't want to interrupt you, Greg. There is a huge drum circle outside my house. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know things have been weird on Blue Shirts Breakaway. So we had a, we had a fireworks episode. We've yeah. had some. I had some thunder. It's raining yeah. hard here. There is there is a, a group of people walking down my street in a drum circle. Are they walking in a circle? They have the drums like around their necks, and they like keep like walking like past my house. I, I don't know. Like, why do people not want us to podcast appropriately? It just does not uh, make sense. Maybe they don't want to be a part of the story. Ever thought of that? No, I didn't. I should invite them in. Anyway, back to my I oh, hate yeah, the finish, Philly. Finish this quick. up real quick. Finish. Tell me uh, how much you hate Philly, please. Basically, well, basically, it just comes down to I don't remember the direct line I said, the first line, but it comes down to um, 
like, ah, well, you know, I fucked your mother, so no big deal. Wow. And the guy goes, guy goes, my mom's dead. And the, once someone says your mom's dead, you can either go into full apologetic mode or you just, or go, you just go hard the other direction. Yeah, you have to. Greg went hard the other direction. Yeah, he's from Philly. I, I didn't expect why she didn't say no last night. Oh, my goodness, Greg. <laughs> he, he cracked up. Okay. Uh, I called his bluff. But, yeah, that, <laughs> that that's like you can just like everything freezes in that moment. And like the little sober angel and the drunk angle angel pop on your shoulders. And one of them says, now, Greg, you should probably just apologize in case this is the case. And the drunk guy's like, nah, fuck him. Just do it. <laughs> You'll regret it if you don't. All right. Let's move on real quick to uh, to, to some TV and entertainment, and then we're, we'll probably call this probably a cast. Call cast. So I'm guessing our, our, our friend that we teased that might be coming on with us is not going to come on. He out. just messaged me, uh, and this is a private message, said the guy he's interviewing him right now is an absolute chump, and he's trying to get away. But... Uh, <laughs> well, we might we might have we we can maybe stretch this for another five ten and see what happens. Yeah, we're good. that's why I think we'll, we'll move on. Uh, so if anyone doesn't listen to the show, last week we talked about Street Fighter and Evo in Las Vegas. Uh, it was on ESPN two last Sunday night, and my good friend, who was the only American in top eight, is going to come on this podcast. If he doesn't come on today, he will be coming on in the future. He uh, he has mm. he has stated that we were talking as we speak. So. Uh, that's for that. But since you're listening to a full New York Rangers only podcast where all we do is talk about the New York Rangers all the time, let's talk a little bit of Netflix. Well, I, I know you haven't watched Stranger Things, but I got to talk about it. Well, you you talk about Stranger Things. I want to talk about BoJack Horseman. Oh, I also want to talk about BoJack Horseman. So we'll go to that in a second. Just just quick on Stranger Things. I know everyone on the internet is pretty much just posting Stranger Things everywhere, so I don't have to give you the spiel of how good it is. But I will say this. I love kind of 80s music and 80s themes. This movie, it's movie. This this series has like this amazing feel to it, where it's kind of like a like a mystery that also has like the the cop drama and the kids riding bikes to solve mysteries, like all in it. Uh, I was all in on this, and I, I cannot wait for season two. It had a real unique feeling that a lot of TV doesn't give me this day and age. So I, I know we, we we recommend TV once in a while on this podcast or movies. We recommended the Nice Guys, which you know did not do well at the box office, and I think we we should have given it more of a bump. To be honest, that's our fault. We didn't have the listening audience before. I know. That. No, yeah. Now, now we're we're just killing it. We're raking in the listeners. We're up to eleven. <laughs> I want I, I want to just thank I want to just thank some people real quick since we're we're talking about for all our, all our wild success. I want to thank Keatner who writes an essay on our Reddit every week. Uh, Steve, and I'm missing anyone. Jedi Master Chief. I'm sure there's a bunch more. Make it nasty. Make it nasty. Sixty one. Yeah, those those are all our our. our our fans that respond to us the most, and, hey, and our dear. Wait, James I, Clark. I, have we promoted James Clark? From I, like, I just said our, deem, our, our dear James Clark. Is he? But like, it, we're getting to a point with James where we rely on him so much. No, that James he's is kind part of not he's, a fan. He's not a he's fan. Like he's like part of the podcast. He's part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a permanent guest star. He's a re- reoccurring character. He is. Yeah. He's um. He's the cousin Sal of our of our podcast. But yeah, so you're all in on Stranger oh, Things. Oh, all in on Stranger Things. But let's go, let's go Borja Horseman. How far are you in season three? Because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. I am uh, also... Uh, season three? Season three? No, I'm season one, three episodes. Oh, in. my goodness, Greg. <laughs> oh, but you're, uh, you're all in. It. Well, I was... I stayed with... I'm going to name drop another buddy. John oh, York. Right. I stayed with him last night. And he's just starting up BoJack. So I, like, joined him on his BoJack journey. Hilarious. I exceeded my expectations. And I've only heard people say good things about the show. But I was just like, I don't know what the draw is. But... It's just a great cast. Like, it's it's a phenomenal group of people that they get on that show. And I think that half the characters are animals makes it even better. I, I will say this about about Pudge Horseman. I, I marathoned season one when I was pretty ill. 
I was not that big a fan of it of the first like half. Like the fact that you said that you love the first three episodes makes me feel really excited for you going forward. Because when I marathoned this first season, I was really underwhelmed. The first half of it, I was like, I don't really think this is that good. I wasn't into it. I know the 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 people being animals and a lot of the background uh, material of Bojack Horseman is very funny. When you finally get to the end of season one and things really start to pick up and into season two, things get so dark and so funny. The show is so kind of really a reflection on society in a, a, a lot of weird and real ways while still being very comical. Uh, so I'm excited for you to get season two. And season three, episode two, is, is one of my favorite seasons. I am not going to spoil one of, my, one of my favorite episodes. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they do sort of a, a, a flashback deal. And... Uh... The Todd character, voiced by Aaron Paul, the Todd might be Todd's amazing. I, I, that show would not be the same show without Todd. You know, I'm, I'm glad Aaron Aaron Paul found work because after Fast and the Furious, like obviously he was coming off a hot hot streak with Breaking Bad, uh, where he's like, you know, excuse me. Oh, back the fuck up! It was but, Need for Speed. Oh, sorry, he is not in the Fast franchise. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not even. I am. <laughs> fucking offended that oh, you just man. confused those two movies this is like when you um you asked me if a burrito is a sandwich this is exactly the this same matter, uh, no this you is not worse merch this is the not fast worse. series around me sir oh i know Excuse i know you're me. sorry it was need for speed my my b gregory yeah the, it's completely goddamn different it is completely different but yes after oh he, had that, he had that that blast of me of a movie the fast franchises i have a lot of respect for i totally understand it doesn't sound like you do no i didn't sound like that did it <laughs> it did not sound like that at all yeah you disappointed me more than my own kids so yeah that's our our, our summer watching summer list watching. for blue shirts breakaway stranger things is definitely on that uh bojack, bojack has to be done and i will be starting the night of soon uh, I need. I'm. I'm now an episode behind the night of and Vice Principals. I need to go back and rewatch the last episode. Don't of Vice know Principals. if I'm in on Vice Principals or not. It's uh, the first episode was just classic. Did Did you like Eastbound and Down? I didn't watch it. Don't hate me. No, I don't hate you. Okay. Uh, I think Eastbound was. Uh, I mean, what's your opinion of Tropic Thunder? Loved it. What it, what do you think would happen if the Danny McBride character in Tropic Thunder was a vice principal? That's the same thing? It's That's of the same... I mean, Danny McBride, that's like... I don't think he's a... Like, the only thing he knows how to do is be himself, and he's hilarious at it. Like, I don't see a difference in him in Tropic Thunder or Pineapple Express or Eastbound and Down or Vice Principals. Like, I feel like he's just Danny McBride in everything. And... It's just, I, I find it hilarious. So, Vice Principals, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I don't think it's going to be one of those big, I think it's going to flop. Personal opinion. Just, just well, going to say it right doing, now. They're only, they're only doing two seasons. They've already, like, they already announced. They've already said it? It's a, show, it was, it's a show scripted just for two seasons. Okay. They don't plan on making it long and drawn out. Okay, that's good that HBO did that. Um, I, I think it's a certain taste you need to appreciate and love Danny McBride. I have it, so I, I enjoyed it. The first episode of Vice Principals. I, I agree. So last last point about TV uh, before we go. If anyone has to watch Fargo, please. Please. I beg you. And I, I, this has been my favorite show of the year. I know we were like on the topic of TV, so I just wanted to say this. Fargo have, have not watched Fargo. Fargo season one and two are two of the greatest seasons of TV I've ever seen. Um, if I can recommend anything over, over BoJack, over Stranger Things, over anything I've watched in the past two to three years, Fargo is the best show. Period. Now, what, what's going to offend you more when I tell you I haven't seen an episode of Fargo or tell you that I haven't seen a full season of Breaking Bad? 
Oh, the Breaking Bad's not close. So with Fargo, it's a it's an underrated show that didn't get the exposure it was supposed to get, even though it's it's incredible. Breaking Bad is another animal. Um, that and I'm just I'm just the last person on earth. It's that a has it's a it's a pantheon show. That's the way it is. Uh, I really didn't, and this is kind of blasphemous. I really didn't like season one, so I watched season one. I think when season three was out, and I was going through it, I was like, this is kind of like a dark comedy that I really don't understand that I really don't like at all. I wasn't really feeling the pacing, but then everyone just kept bombarding me, like, you have to watch Breaking Bad. And I started season two, and then I lost four days of my life. That, mm. was, that was it. It was the end for me. So you give, it, you give in the peer pressure, duly noted. Duly. I, I do. I've, I changed my opinion on the Yandel trade midseason to peer pressure. I'm, I'm done with peer pressure, yeah. though. It's over. It's over. I'm keeping my opinion. The Rangers are going to do most of their trades in the dead, trade deadline. That's it. <sighs> so I'm going to message our yeah. friend. So just to... Uh, while you message him, so just to bring the full recap back to the Rangers, the team that we do this podcast about. Is this a, is this uh, a New York Ranger podcast? It, it's a Ranger podcast with a distraction problem. Okay. But like the Kreider deal, Love like it. the Hayes deal, hope that this isn't it and hope that they still find a way to improve the defensive ranks. That's about it. Okay. That, that's that's I, the take I, of it. You know what? I'm going to say something that's really a, a hot take on, the, on this podcast. I really like this team. You know, I really like the Rangers. Big fan. Of the team. Yeah, of the team. <laughs> Just the team. Okay. The colors. Got it. Yeah. Nice jerseys. Can't, can't argue with that. Absolutely. Uh, so, I don't think he's going to be able to get with us today. That's very unfortunate. Well, it seems like all our guests, <clears throat> some, <laughs> I'm not calling out anyone, except for James Clark, uh, not, don't really, aren't able to make this oh, podcast a lot of the time. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff showed up. That's true. Jeff did show up that one time. And we do need to do a podcast with Jeff before the we do. regular begins we'll bring him back on we'll jeff try. Belinsky. for those who are curious who this jeff character is and uh sometime i'm gonna start teasing this now uh in late august before the season preseason starts really getting uh underway i'm going to be doing another community episode where i can have people come on and talk about the rangers and and what they think of the season oh i like that and yeah. we should we should warn people um we will record a podcast next week but we have to do it a night earlier so because you have some stuff to do, and I will be traveling again. I will be, yes. I will be in Utah, National uh, Zion National Park, and I will be going to Portland. And I will be coming back. I am. It, I got off a plane today in four days on Friday. I'm getting back on a plane because the Mets are retiring Piazza's number, and I need to be there for it. I, I, I respect your fandom in every way possible. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening today. I know we talked maybe 20 minutes of Rangers, and the rest was absolute Cooperstown nonsense and all the stuff from us, but maybe that's why you hang around. Who knows? Uh, next week, I don't know how much Ranger news there will be because my prediction says there will be nothing, but we'll figure out something to talk about, I'm sure. We'll maybe complain about Jan Girardi. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. You can follow us on Instagram at Blue Shirts Breakaway. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all the et cetera, at Blue Shirts Breakaway. You can come to our website, BlueShirtsBreakaway.com, where I'm working on certain things right now and hopefully also enhancing our article output sometime in the near future. And is that all our plugs? Uh, you could also follow us on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash BlueShirtsBreakaway. Yep, we'll have all updates and some of our takes there. We, we do a little write-ups on, the, on some signings, and we'll be doing other posts there. Uh, we and did if you... If you need to bother us on Reddit, I am you save the Tatis. I am Flaccid Lotus, a, a Magic the Gathering reference for very nerdy people. And <laughs> uh, and we did have uh, a good friend of ours, a, a new good friend of ours, contact us about uh, making t-shirts for us for the first time. And I'm going to give him a nice plug at some point in time once we go forward. 
And our first T-shirt will probably just be the name of our show, which yep. is Blue Shirts Breakaway. But the T-shirts after that will get more creative. We like, just like hashtag Team Almond Joy and a hot dog or a sandwich or say hello, Greg. We'll figure it all out. We got we got we got plans. We got uh, Stokes on the fire. We got we got broads in Atlanta. Is this true? Uh, I, I personally don't. Credit cards and the scammers. Can I can I tell you another uh, quick little side note? I got time. It took it took me. Let me just say this. One, I had no idea what the name of the song was, so I didn't know the name of the song was Panda. Two, I did not know that he just said Panda all the time in the song because again, I didn't know what the name of the song was. Okay. I, th- I didn't even know he was saying a word. I thought he was just like making a noise with his mouth. He has a new song out this week called uh, Timmy Turner on YouTube. I won't lie. I listen to it a lot. It's very good. Uh, the peeps over at uh, The Ringer, Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald, are really excited about Timmy Turner. It's a very good song. It's very fun. I will take your word for it. Good. Uh, I will be editing this podcast now, and I will, having a, I will be having a good night. I will be going to eat the Chinese food that I picked up that you have prohibited me from eating because you asked me to record a podcast. For 50 minutes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I did all the plugs already. We'll see you next week. I love you all. Bye-bye.